iCity itself. I want all you podcasters out there. Yeah, now everyone who's listening to this, it's not a lot of people, but yep. every single one of you who's listening to this probably has your own podcast, yep. your own YouTube series, or something like that. Go forth. Go and consume iCity, and then spread it to your gospel, to your followers. Mission accepted. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to another episode of the Otaku Connection. And before I get on with business, uh, <laughs> Brock Lesnar got rocked <laughs> by Goldberg nearly as hard as Cena got rocked by Lesnar. <laughs> I wonder if this is a pattern. That was weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, we'll see what they do with it. Hopefully they do something with it. Um, WWE's kind of falling into a pattern of just, like, chopping out guys really hard because that following Raw, Sami Zayn got completely punked by that backwoods dude and Rusev annihilated uh, Enzo. And uh, I mean, if you're building him up, for that sort of big fight character that's that's okay I guess but like they're annihilating the guys we would want to see take them down and I mean I don't want Rusev and Ron Snowman or whatever the fuck to get built up just so they can get taken down by Roman Reigns or Cena for the umpteenth time. I mean, at least give us something different. And don't that, that, I know people like Seth Rollins at least I think they like him. But uh, I mean, give us build somebody up. Build up somebody who didn't need to be built up up until this. Get push someone into the spotlight and I mean, I guess now would be, like, once Nakamura gets on the roster, I guess that might be a good setup, but, uh, I feel like he's gonna do okay on his own. I think you really need this to make a guy who's got the skills, but would need a push to get there, um, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'd like to watch WWE. There's a lot of good wrestlers in there, a lot of good elements in there, there's just too goddamn much of it I mean, between all the shows you got Raw, Smackdown NXT, I think they've got a dedicated show for the Cruiserweights now it's only a matter of time before they get a dedicated show for the Divas, which actually would probably be better use of them though, again same thing too much content, we don't need more content, Vince. We just need you to make... Actually, we need you to reduce the content and make it better. We don't need three hours of each show when, you know, a person's got anywhere from three to five hours of themselves before they gotta get ready for work or watch some kids or do some other shit. Yeah, just, like, condense it. Reduce it down to concentrate. You add a little water and... I don't know. Ugh. Only they could all be run like NXT. 
But, uh, yeah. That's what's got me looking for an alternative. New Japan looks pretty sick, and I'm hearing all kinds of good stuff about Lucha Underground, but... It's not as easy to access WWE. Fuck. Holy crap. I'm about to run out of music in the intro. Okay. Sorry for the rant. Um, end of the 80s OVA month. Uh, we've got iCity. Oh, God. Now I remember what I was supposed to do. He's a man, Angelina. A very special man. He fights with holy power. I think they're talking about the main character of this anime. Is that the song? That's uh, I guess there's two primary songs in this. Whatever plays in the opening and the uh, not even English, but English fuel uh, theme for the main character, which is called like psychic something, and psychic is spelled hell weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Derek Johnson singing this. Who's Derek Johnson? Uh, he was in that band that did the soundtrack for Urban 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 Square. Mm-hmm. That super jazz fueled thing that made week two of this uh, theme month. Is this one from the eighties too? Yep, eighty six mm-hmm. is when this movie OVA thing came out. And uh, the manga it's based on is 83. I like this one. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because it is buttfuck insane. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It's kind of like, I, I felt like this is what happens when you... Same thing as Kojima. Like, it's what happens when you let a Japanese auteur kind of run rampant up in their own head and ass. Yeah. See, the problem is that sometimes it backfires. I feel kind of like this sort of thing happening and it never being fun basically represents all that is, hello, I am David Cage, please play my movie. Because his stuff always devolves in the same kind of manner. Mm, he's sort of, but the, his stuff, yeah, it's not fun. He's like, he's trying to make a serious point. Ah, uh, I see. We'll make fun of himself and the situations he's got in. But... Mm. Oh, this was pretty fun. It was definitely insane. And the weird thing about this, I mean, I was prepped for it, uh, unlike the other animes. I found this thanks to another anime podcast I listened to, which the listeners will be made privy to in the uh, opening to this episode. But I found iCity via an episode of Anime World Order, where by the end of the episode they put it to all the podcasters and anime fans out there to watch it themselves and just kind of like get their brains blasted by the insanity of it. It was pretty cool. It, my inability to <laughs> comprehend the crazy-ass convoluted stuff that came at about the 50-60 minute mark got me a little infuriated. Mark. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, see, at that point, I just think, okay, they'll explain that eventually. Uh, which part are you talking about? So I think what you're talking about is the first psychic battle that ends with a chick getting blown through the barrier of reality. 
And we get to see, apparently, the outside of that barrier, which is, I guess we find out later, is like big-ass DNA strands or some shit. And yeah, that's so early in the story that I'm just like, okay, they'll they'll explain that eventually. That'll factor into the plot, I guess. Well, that's the thing about this whole anime is it, it just showed you the world and let you figure it out, um, which is a ballsy maneuver with it, something like this. It is. The problem is, is there's way too much to figure out. Well, it, I feel like... Uh, repeat viewings would offer some benefits. Yeah, I didn't get it time to watch it the, uh, I guess, three times I got to see Download, for example. I liked Download. This kind of reminded me a little bit of it. I think Download's my favorite of the bunch that we've watched for this month. I think it's a close second for me. I think this might be the first. Wow! Really? You like this that much? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was... It had a breakneck pace. <laughs> there was, if you follow it, it's pretty like interesting. They're talking about some interesting concepts, especially towards the end, uh-huh. where it's about like the nature of human evolution and like genetic tampering, and they're kind of asking questions about whether or not morally we should be doing things like that. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, so they I, kind I, of personify the negatives of that with the villain by the end of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of a twist ending. Hey, I think the real twist ending is the ending itself. It just loops around. It's like, yeah, here, so here I... we go. We have this trigger that's supposed to reintroduce natural evolution and rid us of this chain of endless cloning, and it just resets everything yeah um i'm not sure what if it's supposed to be like it's gonna loop on itself or if it's like well everything's fixed so now we're just gonna go back to the way things were so then why the loop well not necessarily a loop but it's like they fixed everything so we're just gonna go back to where things got fucked up and then so now we're, we're back in the natural future where the same bike gangs attack the same uh, mm-hmm. guy driving the same detective and the guy driving says the same thing only this time there's no clones yeah so that's the idea you, you think kind of but also it's like if that's the, why would they go back to the same I, I don't know well, that's the reason why I'm confusing. I'm not trying to be a smartass. It's just like, it, it seems very deliberate that they re recreate the exact same like opening thing. Like the same mm-hmm. scene from the very beginning. Yeah, exactly. That's I what mean, I'm saying. If it was supposed to be like, okay, we're going back, things are similar, but it's a little different, I would have liked an indication of some kind of difference. Maybe yeah, no. the main mm-hmm. character looks different or I is in her adult I think the girl's name was I. I don't know. What's her name is like in her adult form or the detective is a different something. Yeah. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like It seems like that's what they were trying to do, but they didn't really give much indication of that if that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. But then again, why would it just loop back on the end of itself? So in talking with you about this, I came up with a possible idea, which is kind of a real bummer ending that mm-hmm. the uh, trigger itself isn't going to fix anything. 
what keeps happening is the uh, sort of like biopollution guy shows up and normally when he in without the trigger what would happen is he would like show up consume everything consume himself and then welcome to total non-existence so this is the stable time loop so the trigger creates a stable time loop that allows things to exist albeit in a perpetual loop yeah that could be it but it's they went for a happy ending and then kind of switched that out so that kind of it's like why would they do that too yeah it doesn't make sense no their decision i mean i I, I don't know it's all things kind of a mind fuck but i it's a total mind fuck i'd say i enjoyed it yeah I, i mean i i think what i enjoyed is less the mind fuckery and more just the visuals the audio just, just the sheer 80s-ness of it all and mm. i like psychics i like the way uh japan in particular depicts them they were really into psychics in the uh 80s and kind of carried on into the early 90s and it shows in that even characters that aren't psychics but have some sort of weird like collection of superpowers will work like psychics, like they'll float, they'll teleport, they'll have the weird telekinesis, uh, that whole thing. They'll move and carry themselves in a very similar way, which I always found kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch uh, Ryoko from Tenshi Muyo, her power set is very much the anime psychic character. Yeah. This was, uh, what do they call them, head counters? They, head, uh, head meters. Head meters because they have meters on their heads. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was kind of pretty... interesting that they like literally implant your psychic ability. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like if you like kind of put their timeline in chronological order, it seems like it started with that experiment they flash back to and kind of the big twist. Yeah, where they like create some. I guess it was like they create artificial dna with like the storage capacity greater than anything like they could store organic it seemed like they'd found a way to record life itself yeah like the description i would because i went back and rewatched that part in particular and that's what it sounded like yeah so they do that and then it gets out of control and then the bio monster thing yeah it's loose and then I guess that changes the evolution of the entire planet yeah you know what I guess more thinking about it uh, with you helping me I think that's the reason why they like say okay we have to implant the natural evolution data into a woman before it's too late yeah I guess they anticipated this sort of like endless loop thing occurring and had to put the information on her so she'd become a part of that loop, I hmm. guess. Because yeah. it, it persists even after she dies and a clone is made of her. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, And it seems like What's-His-Face was one of the scientists, the main dude? Yeah, he was definitely one. And I think like Weird Helmet Guy is actually supposed to be another, though I can't tell which one. Hmm. Yeah. Because he also comes out of that weird password shit. Like, 
I remember we were fighting the same enemy all along, and he takes off that helmet, and it's like that looks like my that looks like an anime version of my dad. <laughs> yeah, so that's at the beginning. They they kind of make it seem like this incident happened like 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 they don't know how long ago, like centuries. Yeah. But then it's this, the same people who were there in the room, so maybe they well maybe they live longer because of the incident. Or maybe they stored themselves into some some of that weird artificial DNA. Mm-hmm. Like literally put the girl put the information in the girl and then just like jumped in the shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it seems like that incident changed the entire planet and Yeah. They've all become genetic. Nobody's pure anymore. Yeah, it just kind of like loops indefinitely. Or they just, like, you, you don't give birth, you clone something. You make, like, another clone of yourself or some shit. But then they like, what's up with the, like, second dimension thing? That's why I think they're literally hiding out. Like, everyone that was alive to that point is, like, hiding out in that in that artificial DNA thing. Because, like, you have that barrier, it breaks down, and then you're, like, inside of it. And I didn't know what that, what the outside of that barrier was supposed to be till you get that flashback, and it's like, oh, okay. That's my guess. But why is K2 stuck in there? Um, it... <laughs> this one's funny. I didn't realize till um... I can't remember, I was reading something, maybe a comment on it, or whatever. That's actually, K2 is actually the chick he was fighting. It's like the same girl. What chick? So, remember, they like, get chased by a group of bikers, and there's this, like, psychic chick. Oh, yeah. Them. That's the same chick, apparently getting thrown out into that weird-ass boundary thing just gave her amnesia. Wait, she gets thrown into the boundary? Yeah, after she gets hit and her clothes blow off, she literally gets blown through that dimensional thing. She creates the hole. Oh, okay. And then the detective kind of pulls her out. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that character. Yeah, she's like gone for like like two minutes and I completely, I completely forget she exists. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. She's there the whole time, and I'm like, wait, wait, why does she, why was she, how, because remember, she, like, gets her memory back, and she's like, oh, wait, I just killed one of my, oh, okay, I guess I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. And she decides she wants to do that, cop. Yeah, she wanted him bad. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't happen. Yeah. It resets. Existence cock blocks him. Yeah, so, and then, like, that monster man sends I, like, to the beginning of time. He, like, he evolutionizes her. And then she comes back. It really reminded me a lot of 2001. Uh, I, still I like that part. I still haven't seen that. But I think I kind of know what you're talking about visually. What? I think I've seen the visuals yeah. of that, but without context, I have no idea. So I think I should be okay. <laughs> like, not spoiled. Um, well, you'll probably, like, won't even understand it when you see it. Okay. 
I mean, it's it's just really symbolic. There's it's meant to kind of I think give the audience the ability to kind of take what they want from it uh-huh. the way that it ends. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting to see that, that sort of thing done here, kind of in reverse. But um, yeah, it was interesting. So she's like the key in the the key, the password key. So she's meant to save the the planet, I guess. Yeah. And if she does or not, it's unclear. At yeah. Bet. But it's also like if she just didn't work or if she did work but all they could do is <laughs> repeat the process on loop what's up with that cat it i think it's supposed to uh, maybe it's the same cat from the lab or maybe it's just a clone of it because i feel like it was the same cat but you're right because they have that memory thing so it's yeah you feel like if you're born again you're basically just a, i guess they just clone people but it seems like the cat was the one responsible for it in the first place, but then it was the one responsible for, like, saving the planet, too. Yeah. Because it unlocked the password. Yeah. It, like, got the girl to read its mind. Apparently, it it heard the password, remembered, or something. I don't know. That's the thing. We don't hear anything of passwords or I being important other than the organization wants her back till like that last bit it's like okay we got the big fight going on hey cat what the fuck are you doing calm down there's a big fight going on and yeah mm-hmm. it all just goes to hell yeah and it, it meows like a man yeah it, it almost talks <laughs> and it wears clothes it's like the dog in meteor man yeah except this cat likes to dress <laughs> Like a sheriff. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little weird. And I don't know if this still applies. I guess Japan had a real thing for bunny girls in the 80s. Yeah, it was kind of strange. Like, was she, why is she dressed like a Playboy bunny? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> She's like, okay, we're all going to dress up for some reason. And I'm going to, even even the detective is weird. It's like, yeah, I'm going to wear a tux. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Like a, Even though we're going to do a whole lot of running and we're getting chased by crazy crazy psychic guys and clone men and mechs and giant floating heads. And yeah, the floating heads were cool. A man in a giant... A tiny man <laughs> in a jar on a oh, mech. He was like an evolved Krang. Yeah. Krang just turned into a full body. I think I called him anime Krang in my notes. <laughs> yeah, that was very strange. It was always kind of a bummer when he showed up. It's like they give you like the silhouette of his big dumb body. And it's just like, yeah. oh, there's the fucking weird Chinese guy. Yeah. What's his name? Lilo Chi. Lilo Chi. Um, yeah, I, I, like the giant heads specifically. There's like one scene where you have like a man in a jar on top of a robot body on top of a giant floating severed head. And I was <laughs> like, this is the most weeaboo bullshit ass weeaboo <laughs> bullshit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh. 
but it was cool. It was it, it definitely looked cool. I feel like I didn't get to research it a whole lot. I feel like the people who worked on this animation wise had to be the same people that worked on Cobra because they look pretty similar and I feel like the people move in the same way. This seems more sophisticated animation wise than Cobra. Uh, Cobra, yeah, Cobra was a bit more cartoony. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's like weird mix of su- mix, bits of surprisingly realistic that realistic physics mm-hmm. at play here, and also just uh, which was really nice uh, creative use of what psychic powers, <laughs> like the guy levitating spotlights. <laughs> <laughs> guy. The only indication you have that that person is a guy is the voice, because that is like the most fem-ass motherfucker I ever saw in my entire life. Well, yeah. I've seen a lot of fucking anime. Yeah, the the woman mans. I feel like they were making reference to that when they were like, oh, we smashed everything together. And then they showed like a man and a woman being smashed together. (laughs) Like a monster. Oh, yeah, where it was like six people smashed together and it looked like a demon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is like this. this uh, I think they called him Mr. J, which was yeah, kind of funny. Which... And he had a two, I can't remember what they called them, not like clone men, but something. They were basically clone men. Mass-produced soldier guys. Yeah, those guys with the... Do they have bowler hats on? Or do they have, like, drive caps? <laughs> they have something like that. Some, like, old-timey shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for, like, disposable clone men, they had a lot of personality and actual names. Yeah. Strange. And his, uh, his buddies seemed pretty, pretty bummed. One of them yeah, seemed pretty yeah. bummed when the other one died. But I guess he gets the face turn. He shows up for what I thought was the clutch win out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess like you said, every time uh, a tiny crank man shows up, he just kind of ruins everything. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. then he, he shows just, like, up. I didn't like him as a character. He yeah. Was he was annoying. Yeah, he probably had the most unappealing design of anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Naked man in a jar. Also, like the weird Motley crew of the hero cast was kind of... It was like this is... Like the cop. Like there's, again, we see this like just damn good cop character. (laughs) I guess the P.I., and I really like his explanation of the difference. He gets a drink on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I think I might have to look into the PI business. <laughs> He'd be a good PI. <laughs> he is just getting wasted over the course of this thing. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. He seems pretty useless for the most part, but does get a moment. Granted, a lot of it is just implied. Mainly that he's he's the one that takes down the robot. Which robot? Uh, the one that was actually a robot, not 
a mech suit. Comes right before they confront Crazy Helmet Guy. Uh, I think the uh, the main character dude uh, hides in it and attacks. Mm. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it's kind of like Fire Emblem. There's just like an, a, a weapon triangle. Uh, weapons beat robots, robots be, beat psychics, and psychics beat weapons. <laughs> uh, when I was trying to make sense of all this, like most OVA, well, not most OVAs, a lot of OVAs, uh, there is some source material for this, uh, a manga. Hmm. And while looking up that manga, I got a bit more information. I was a bit disappointed to find out that the manga itself is only two volumes long. How big are the volumes? I don't know. I don't, I don't think the manga was ever uh, released in the States. Mm. So, no way of knowing for certain, but, like, even Akira was based on, like, six or four. I can't remember. But those things are huge. Yeah. Those things are massive. So, unless these, these two volumes of manga are fucking tomes... I don't think I'm going to get the kind of answers I wanted watching this. Yeah. Actually, I was going to mention Akira. It reminded me a lot of Akira. Um, just because it's so big and the animation's crazy and really surreal. But, like, the subject matter. Uh, like, Akira is talking a lot about evolution and, like, mitochondrial DNA and, and like, the... Uh, the truth of existence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it felt a lot like this. Yeah. Long, and there's a lot of stuff not really explained. Uh, a lot of it to the imagination. Or not imagination, but it's like there, but it's like you gotta like watch it probably several times to hear it all. Yeah, and even then, there's some of it is just a matter of find your own answers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, I just, I kind of wonder if uh, this sort of subject matter was just really popular in the 80s. As you know, anime, like a lot of other things, is subject to trends. Clearly they like the whole psychic thing, but maybe they were really big on the introspection, the nature of humanity and all that stuff back then. I'd like to apologize to the listeners uh, if I sound weird. I've got a little bit of a cold. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Akira. <laughs> hmm. Uh, let me look through my notes real quick. Okay. Uh, go ahead. So again, why did so she got blasted into that phantom zone? Yeah, she got blasted outside of the safe space. And then they pull her out. Yeah, except the uh, process gave her seemed to give her some kind of amnesia or something. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Let's go through uh, what I found out about the manga via Wikipedia. 
Let's see here. Because I'd like to know more. It Again, it feels like something that was stretched out. Or that should be stretched out. Yeah, it feels very compressed. Yeah. It has all the hallmarks of those uh, OVAs, movies, whatever, where they try and compress a whole series worth of uh, info into an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a interesting bit one here. Uh, so the name of the uh, chick that was all up on the detective is K2. Yeah. K2 is K's feminized clone. K is apparently the name of the main character. Through chromosome manipulation, she is a high-ranking. She's a high-ranking head meter of the frauds or frauds or whatever the fuck the name of that company was, and is on the same level as Mr. J in capability. She uh, commands people to pursue K and I. She loves K by fervent narcissism and demands he love her. She wants to kill I for monopolizing his time. I'm thinking that this plot point got excised from the movie, because we don't see any of that. Yeah. Yeah, there's apparently some weird stuff in here about floor residents and upper floor residents of A.D. 1983. Oh, okay, here, floor. Floor is a cylindrical world with a radius of 44, like 4,400 kilometers, which extends centrically from its center at Fraud Building, the Pillar of God. It is surrounded by topological wall. This takes place in a flat earth. (laughs) Well, several flat earths stacked on top of each other. <laughs> it's a flat earth apartment, Pangelina. <laughs> huh. That's uh quite the revelation that even I more than they almost adds nothing to the equation. But uh, even more than that, I think we're talking like parallel dimensions on parallel dimensions cuz you have like parallel worlds literally stacked on each other all existing like with a barrier to another world outside and shit's weird hmm so maybe this is a parallel version of the manga perhaps I really want to know how long the manga is two volumes but like how long are those volumes we again yeah we may never know hmm. but you know unless they're tomes unless they're like giant ass official dictionary sized tomes mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know a lot of questions that probably go unanswered very uh would you call this cyberpunk I guess I would um it is but more than cyberpunk it's biopunk <laughs> biopunk is that a thing it's a thing and hmm. I'm not sure if there's enough with it to stand on its own or if it is like a subgenre of cyberpunk at every instance I've seen uh, well no I don't know if every instance I've seen of it so far has been cyberpunk but it tends to go hand in hand with it I think a instance of biopunk that isn't cyberpunk or isn't necessarily cyberpunk is this movie called Ex- Existence 
And I hmm. say it that way because it's spelled that way. Yeah. There's a Z and shit. Have you seen that? Uh, no, but I remember the title. Yeah. It's a biopunk movie? Yeah. It, uh... Well, amongst other things, it features, like, uh, virtual reality games made with, like, artificial organs that literally plug into you. Hmm. And, uh, a gun made of bone that fires teeth. Whoa, that's in existence? Yeah. What the fuck? It's called the Gristle Gun. <laughs> and it's actually kind of cool. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Yeah. I wanted to see that. It sounds weird. It's pretty weird. Hmm. Gets Talks- into some, I want to say it gets into some similar uh, subject matter, but like it's in the same ballpark. Hmm. Uh, Toxic Avenger? Uh, not quite. When you say, like, I think, like, when you add punk to the end of it, that's, like, the focus of technological, I don't know, growth, advancement. Hmm. Like, I heard someone describe me, well, I don't know if you've seen this, is a Miyazaki movie called Porco Rosso. Mm-mm. It's uh, described as diesel punk, and that's because, like, all the planes have these crazy diesel engines in them. Hmm. Like, uh, well, Blade Runner is cyberpunk, but there's biopunk elements in the, uh, replicants. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think of something you know that could probably be considered biopunk. But, Akira? Uh, Akira! There's definitely... Yeah! Yeah, it, it's, that's, Akira, I'd say, is that cyberpunk-biopunk mix. Because while there is all the psychic stuff and the crazy medications to suppress shit, there's also te- there's also sorry, Kaneda's bike, mm-hmm. and his gun, and his gun. Those things are cyberpunk porn. In the city, that, that bike gun combo is just like the uh, the protagonist toolkit right there. You have those two things are <laughs> set. You can fight anything. Mm-hmm. It's hard to talk about this because things just kind of went in and out of my brain, but like they're, yeah. they're there, but like I don't know. It's it, floating heads. Yeah. I wonder what Joe would think of this. Yeah, this is something I'd like to get his take on, but he'd probably just be like, oh my god, I didn't know what was going on here. And just <laughs> freak out. Pretty much. <laughs> Hmm. Probably start the episode out like Lionel, what the hell is this? Mm. I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> this shit's too crazy even for me. But I liked it. It again, it's definitely a sight. Uh, it's something to behold for sure. It's got some nice music, but the visuals are really good. Very bright. Very uh, colorful, and uh, specifically like the use of color. And I don't know if this is just like like an animation cheat, but it does work pretty well. And I saw this also in a download where you kind of create colored silhouettes to represent things and have people either there or in them. Like you, 
rarely actually get full shots of, uh, we'll talk about download, of uh, the main character's computing rig. It's more all the monitors associated with it lighting up in that darkened <laughs> room. And you get uh, multiple shots like this in this movie where it's like the city is different colored shapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the lighting and the color and this was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was really pretty. Yeah. It looked pretty good, and I feel like like what they did there is one of those things that uh, tends to happen with all forms of media, where it starts off as like a, a creative means, and then just kind of becomes a crutch. Because I've seen this uh, a similar the similar thing or similar elements that were done here used to uh, less lesser success, I guess. Or like, okay, are you doing this because it looks good, or are you doing this because it means you have to draw less? Mm-hmm. Good looking. Character designs were weird. I kind of felt myself like the main bunch were pretty... Like I feel like the story did a lot of the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Especially the main four characters weren't actually that compelling. Like, we never actually got to know them. Yeah. I think we got to know probably Cop the least just because he had the most quirks. Or the most, I mean. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like the characters are less developed and more quirkful, fueled, full. What? They're quirky. They're quirky to an nth degree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually a little absurd. Any ideas to where this thing is possibly set? Where? Yeah, it felt oddly western. Sorta. It felt Neo Tokyo-ish to me, or like New York, or it's just like future yeah. metropolis, you know? Yeah, big and, city. You know, there was a an ad for a THX eleven thirty eight like <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or a TV network. So that was a nice little reference. That's a really good movie. I saw a big Coca Cola billboard. Mm-hmm. Yes, overall, I, I just really enjoy anything that kind of attempts to ex, uh, hypothesize about the future of manhood, or of humankind, rather. Yeah. And kind of what that implies. Yeah, um, it's a, especially something that goes this far. Like, a lot of sci-fi, I don't know if I could say really, now, I want to say older sci-fi would uh, tend to default to much further into the future, whereas it seems like now everyone's focused on, like, another, maybe, like, another generation ahead. Yeah, it's, like, near future, and I think the reason is because we're edging closer to a lot of things old sci-fi has talked about and in some ways we've even passed it yeah. like we're not exploring the galaxy but a lot of the shit in star trek we, we just have already yeah we've got the cell phones from the first series and the bluetooth from next generation yeah we have computer yeah what's get me this, this. <laughs> what's this order me this order me that give me you can get anything through your phone just by talking to it really yeah you know talking to people through a face-to-face, yep. you know, and then there's, you know, I always remember, I always remember 
seeing on I talked about this before on some show on Superman when they're on Krypton like uh, uh I think uh what's her name Lorna uh-huh I forget uh, Superman's mom yeah uh her father like picks up like a, a little block thing and is like reading shit on it and I was always like mm, someday we'll have that and now we have that and ours looks better yeah but yeah it was always like future 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 and then you have something because we're edging closer and people are talking more about it and so people are trying to figure out how it's going to have like ex machina is a good example of sci-fi that's mm-hmm. jumped to very much it's not even like near future it's like possibly happening now right now that, yeah or it's like the birth of the first true ai uh-huh. and robotics and stuff like that yeah because yeah. our the time that we live in is just becoming more fascinating by the day. Yeah. Very interesting. Though I still kind of miss that sort of like whimsical look towards tomorrow that you had in older sci-fi. Hmm. Like what do you mean by whimsical? Um, one thing I, I'd say to you often is that when I talk about why I like sci- old sci-fi is because uh, it kind of treats... Um, space and futuristic elements like magic Hmm. like whereas you have like orcs and elves in fantasy you have like I don't know Martians or some shit like like Vulcans are basically space elves Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much Um, you still have like Star Trek is still here yeah but even that I feel like is kind of like kind of has the veneer of the near future versus the far off future. It does because we're getting again we're getting closer, but it's also like we we have the ability to like they think about it no pun intended like logically like it's like okay let's actually sit down and design a control panel here yeah. that when you hit the buttons it looks like it has a function. And so everything's kind of explained and grounded. And, like, I think in the second movie, you know, they it's it was weird. They end up in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I think Scotty's at, like, a... Like, a... He's at, like, a fucking... A bar in San Francisco at one point or something. Yeah, well, I think Starfleet's uh, HQ is in San Francisco. Like, there's, like, shots of the Golden Gate in that yeah. first movie. Yeah. They crash into, I think... Oakland or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Amityville. It's like, no, but, uh, no, don't let it hit San Francisco. Aim for Oakland. Yeah. Fuckers. But, um... Yeah, that well, is I mean, a- like, uh, I guess another instance of, like, a far-off future, even though it might be a bit closer to... Well, Fifth Element, for example. Mm-hmm. That felt a lot bigger and grander. I think maybe grand is the key word here. Yeah, I think we still have it with Star Wars. It's pretty far removed. Yeah, Before... Star Wars is kind of like the ideal there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's just becoming easier as our technology advances to to have it become more grounded. But I, I appreciate when there's a, a larger spectrum of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm having trouble thinking about Stuff like that that's like farther removed than yeah. Star Wars. 
it's maybe it's just a product of me getting old, but I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, like, fuck it, I can't find what I want. I guess I gotta make it myself. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, I guess if we uh, talk about this anime, we've got to talk about the uh, big presence behind it. The director, guy by the name of uh, Koichi Mashimo. Uh, let's see primarily known for being an anime director and a founder of a studio called B-Train let's scroll down a bit here let's see so apparently one thing with him is that he likes to um, storyboard things as he directs it is uh, very hands-on with like every pro that project he works on. So I'm, I'm guessing aspects of his uh, style and artistic approach will be uh, prevalent across things, whether he's just directing or just writing the script. What's his name? Uh, Koichi Mashimo. Hmm. Uh, get a list of what he's done. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. So apparently, he's been working since the seventies. <laughs> One of these guys fucking put in work. Yeah, they put in some serious ass work. Anime dudes. Everyone talks about Miyazaki, but there's so there's, many other. Yeah, there's a lot of other guys out there. To... All right, here here's what this stands out for me. Ninety three. He was director, script supervisor, and storyboard for. Uh, anime series I really enjoy called Irresponsible Captain Tyler. Hmm. And yeah, the sci the sci fi elements of that are interesting. In that while you do have a uh, more uh, traditional approach to the human end of the forces, the uh, not human, they're both both forces are humanoid, but the technology of the sort of uh, evil invader group is uh, very like biopunk. Like they have these weird organic ships. And uh, Tyler's something we're going to watch on the show at some point. Because it's funny. Why is he irresponsible? Oh, because he... Well, that's actually <laughs> one of the questions of the series. Is um, Like, things work out over the course of the series for him in a way it doesn't seem like they should. And you're kind of left with a handful of conclusions. Either he's a total idiot and just really lucky... He's secretly a genius and just playing the fool. Mm-hmm. Some combination of the two. Or he's a skeezy manipulator. <laughs> hmm, sounds interesting. It's fun. It's funny. It's a very 90s anime. <laughs> the 90s. <sighs> see. He did Crap. one of the uh, Dirty Pair animes from the 80s. Uh, a Night on the Galactic Railroad. He wrote the script for that. That's one of uh, Leiji Matsumoto's things, I think. I City in 86, of course. <laughs> Let's see. Noir. Dot... Oh, yeah, he's done a lot of work for Dot Hack. Hmm. So he may have uh, worked alongside the guy that wrote uh, Urban Square. <laughs> <laughs> who also did a uh, 
get about his stuff for Dad Hack? Well, it's funny because they have one of the same characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Granted, this is like after uh, after the uh, damn good cop has kind of lost his spark. Yeah. He's just an alcoholic. He's worn out. He got kicked off the force. God. He just doesn't give a fuck. We gotta find that. That porno. The porno? Yeah, with the damn good cop. There's a porno with the damn good cop? Remember? It was the same night we saw The Legend of Juan Crespi. There was another one. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the, with the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which one did the wheelbarrow? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, jeez. Skinamax, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is how we spent our uh, our teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> Come over and visit, and then late at night. <laughs> There's video games during the day, and Skinamax at night. <laughs> Or Ho Time. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Juan Crespi was Ho Time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. He kind of falls off at 2011 with some anime I ain't heard of. Oh, apparently, he did the Blade of the Immortal anime. Never heard of it. Uh, the bag is really good. The anime's okay. Uh, I'd say definitely read the manga. It's amazing. Artwork's pretty good. It's uh, got a pretty compelling story. It's not completely full of weeaboo bullshit. Uh, the only weeaboo element is a... Uh, I think it's a... The main character is infected with a sort of like symbiotic uh, thing called the uh, called a blood worm. And it causes him to regenerate. Bloodworm. But uh, other than that, it's like grounded ass uh, sword fights and crazy samurai intrigue, and it's kind of like uh, what if like put Wolverine in a, like a period drama. Mm-hmm. Well, there was one line I wanted to mention. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with this anime on this. But, uh, the point where I guess the uh, the uh, crazy biopollution guy starts to like consume itself. Mm-hmm. The main character says, uh, self-cannibalization, the ultimate form of evolution. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought that was a strange one too. <laughs> self So if I eat myself, I'm like attaining enlightenment or something? You know what I think? They were suppo- they were trying to get at the idea of the snake eating its tail. Yeah, which is interesting considering how it ends. Except the, the, I don't think the snake ever digests, which this guy did. <laughs> <laughs> I almost felt bad for him, though. <laughs> he was like screaming like, this is fucked up. <laughs> I gotta die because I'm the mistake, but the people who made the mistake get to live. <laughs> yeah. 
shows. It's like, well, I remember thinking about that. Well, point, but bye. You got a point, but they aren't gonna eat shit. We leave you to go. You're gonna, you know, create non-existence. Literally, like total oblivion. Yeah, this is definitely a weird one. Anything you want to recommend to the audience if they happen to enjoy this? Um, well, the one we watched last week, Download, that was cool. You want more cyberpunk. Akira, if you want kind of the same thing but different. Um, and you want to still be confused when you watch things. Um... Although, with Akira, I've come to realize over the years that it's all there. You just need to rewatch it a few times uh-huh. and really pay attention. Um, helps to go back to it with adult eyes. Yeah. Um, other things this reminded me of? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Kind of reminded me a little of, uh, especially the main character's outfit. Uh, I still haven't played it, but Snatcher. Yeah, that's got that like '80s anime look to it, also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. I need to just like buckle down and get it set up again and yeah. actually finish it. So what I played of it was kind of funny. It was kind of neat seeing. Uh, not exactly proto Kojima, but like uh, pre Metal Gear Kojima. Mm-hmm. How I'm much sure. is there versus how much developed? I'm not sure it was pre Metal Gear. Oh, sorry, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I think it that's... was post Metal Gear. Yeah, it was. That's right. Of course, it was. Because the other ones were MSX games. Yeah. And so was this. I think this was like an MX, MSX2 game. Yeah, uh, I played it. Uh, I played the Neo Geo version. Mm. Not Neo Geo, sorry. Uh, Sega CD. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame what's happening with Konami because now this will probably never get re-released. Oh yeah, there's a lot of things I'll just <laughs> be lost in time. Yeah. Like tears of the rain. Mm-hmm. You should all watch that movie, too. Uh, Blade Runner. That's good. There's biopunk elements. The first thing that came to mind looking at this, specifically looking at it, was Space Adventure Cobra, the movie in particular. Mm -hmm. There is actually a lost episode of Old Taku Connection where we uh, go over that movie. Wait, that we, that we lost that episode? It's on another drive. It's, it's It was recorded on an uh, older computer. Hmm. Uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's on that. I just have to go somewhere and get that information off the drive. And yeah. Hmm. I remember that. You didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I don't. I feel like you think I don't like. No, you didn't like this. Why? What did I say? Yeah, it was too sexist. Mm. 
It I you, think you weren't you were you weren't out of line in thinking that, but you were kind of stuck on it. Yeah. Well, there's so many women, but I I I don't have bad memories of it. I remember it looking interesting. Yeah. But also being kind of weird. Yeah. It was definitely strange. It's got a very similar color palette. Uh, slightly similar setting, a bit more space. Hmm. A lot fewer dimensions. <laughs> hmm. This one I haven't seen, I can't confirm, but uh, went on over to Anime Planet. And one thing that came up was uh, an anime called Goku Midnight Eye. And the reason why I mentioned that is because the person who recommended that mentioned that both iCity and Goku Midnight Eye felt similar to Space Adventure Cobra. So, there's definitely a connection. If you happen to just want to see something with more like biopunk elements, uh, I mentioned Existence earlier in the show. That's mm-hmm. some biopunk for your ass. <laughs> Uh, can you think of anything that features rampant cloning? Uh, a 90s series of Spider-Man comics called Maximum Damage. <laughs> I don't know if we're, we're wanting to go in that direction. <laughs> More in the uh, cyberpunkish direction. Uh, cloning? I don't know. I've never seen Ghost in the Shell, but doesn't it have some cloning in it or something? Uh, not cloning, but people putting themselves into robot bodies. Mm. And, you know, when you have bodies that are, like, mass-produced, you can have, like, different personalities in the same body. I think there's a plot point like that in one episode of Standalone Complex. Mm. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell, something to recommend. I'd say in regards to this, specifically the first movie, and maybe Ghost in the Shell too. Mm. Yeah, like I said, I've never seen them. They're pretty good. We're going to do a Ghost of the Shell book when Joe gets back. Okay. Well, I, I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's the first thing we'll do, but we'll do episode and theme month bites the dust and um i thought i had something to say oh yeah the uh, special thanks are gonna go a bit longer due to that uh weird ass intro so uh, i guess i better get started <clears throat> uh special thanks as always to the creator of the theme you're listening to right now that theme being synthetic highway if you like it and want to hear more like it, uh, check out Submorphine at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. That should be hyphen in Um The creator of our promo theme is Squareon, and if you want to hear more music from them, head to facebook.com slash Squareon, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. The song Squareon provided is Anime uh, Rocket, by the way, which you'll be hearing in a minute. Um, Square On would also like me to plug Project Stick Part 2, their uh, ongoing Flash project, so check it out at facebook.com slash project stick. Uh, I am at OldTakuConnect on Twitter, Joe is at NHEP Returns, Mike is at Hyper90s, uh, 
they have shows which are kind of in a weird state of flux right now. Um, my show should be making a return soon, uh, Hyper 90s Guys Breakdown. And not quite NAGP's in Resurrection, but the original NAGP. NAGP Classic has uh, started a, a run, a broadcast, whatever. So uh, if you want to see us during our uh, awkward rookie years, check that out. Should be fun. Um. Uh, oh yeah, there's a. I have a double uh, and officially unofficial Gmail for this podcast. So if you want to talk to me directly and use more characters than Twitter will allow, hit me up at on Gmail at old talk at at old taku connection. G- connection at gmail.com Ooh, I'm a mess alright now uh, as for uh, the snazzy intro thanks to Joe Deshaun Tom Can and Kick Hat for their uh, free one sound effects free ones Free sounds, sound effects. You can uh, find them all in on uh, on freesounds.com. Uh, hit it up for you know weird ass intros like I like to do on occasion. It's just a helpful site. Um, not sure what else to say. So let me uh, close this up before I make an even bigger fool of myself. And I'm almost out of music again. Wow, I am long-winded tonight, so uh, thank you for listening, and have a good night, people. Oh, yeah, stay tuned for the stinger. <laughs> we talk about the Ghost in the Shell movie. appreciated that there was no uh, Brokeback-style tent scene. I was kind of expecting that. I wanted to see Griffith uh, rail Guts. Ah, so you think you think Guts is the bottom in this situation. <laughs> A trip and fall into another theme month with the first of three Berserk movies. Well, I hope it, we do that before the movie comes out. Oh, God. I don't want to see that movie. Why not? You know why. No, I don't. We haven't talked about it. Major Makoto Kusanagi, played by White Woman. So? That shit's blatant. That shit Mm. is unabashedly blatant. That's bad. That's not even like Matt Damon on the Great Wall blatant because there's at least some weird storyline where it's like, yeah, I'm a foreigner man in this country. Mm-hmm. It's not even white savior. It's white woman literally stealing Asian woman's job mm-hmm. because Hollywood has no faith in Asian people. Yeah, I suppose so. But I feel like there's something... I don't know. It looks interesting, the marketing and the I'm curious because there's a lot of weird things they could do to even like play with that. I don't know if they'll do them, but uh, I don't know. It looks interesting See, to me. I remember saying that, but it didn't really like set in with me that that's not why they did it. 
It's mm-hmm. no. Well, I'm, we need a marketable person, and marketable well, in the eyes of Hollywood is white woman. It's because they had ScarJo, but I don't know. It just looks. I feel like there's interesting things that a movie can say, but no one's gonna listen. Same thing that happened to Lone Ranger, which is a very underrated movie. Why didn't no one listen to Lone Ranger? Uh, because they were too caught up with Johnny Depp playing. Uh, oh yeah. Jin in an Indian. <laughs> yeah. Um, when it actually they kind of used that to make a an interesting comment on kind of how society has treated treated natives as a whole. Yeah. And they actually have actual uh, natives in the movie to make that point. It's it's really interesting, but mm-hmm. you kind of it's there. I want to say you have to read into it a little bit, but it's I feel like it's blatant enough that it's not out of line to read it the way I and some other people read it. I see. Well, I'll wait till it's available in a freer capacity, like it gets on like Netflix or Hulu or something. Mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to pay for that. Yeah, although, I mean, I probably will... But I think when things like this happen, like I'm willing to give the movie a chance, but I'm also kind of happy that this will come out and it, it people are not gonna go see it because of it. And that's yeah. pro- and at least I hope I, I think that seems to be what's gonna happen. Like people won't go see it and then the studios will realize, Oh, okay, like we can't do that. Yeah. It's hold on, I gotta look this up now. But it's did they? Do you know if they changed anything? Like, is this just like a like Ghost in the Shell taking place in America with American versions of all the characters? I have no idea, but they have Beat Takeshi in it. Because see, it's so much worse if it's like, oh yeah, they're all Japanese except the main character. I don't know. Because but, uh... we're Hollywood. And... We have no respect for Asian people. I think I probably see what they're doing. Is like I guess I don't understand the plot at all because I haven't really watched it. But I guess there's body switching going on, so obviously she's gonna be put into the body of ScarJo. You can do that in Ghost in the Shell. Again, mm-hmm. I'm just certain that's not why they're doing it. Well, it's not why, but that's how they're gonna explain it, probably. Yeah. Let's see. They, oh, I looked up on IMDb and they changed her name to just the major. Oh, yeah, I'm looking now. Looks like they got some white guy from Bato. Mm-hmm. Beat Takeshi is, a, is the chief. Chief <laughs> Aramaki. That's kind of mm-hmm. neat. Bato is a white Europe, European guy. Kuze um. is Michael Pitt. Togusa is looks like Chin Han. I guess it's some kind of Asian. Hmm. They they just kind of did whatever the fuck they wanted. Clearly, yeah. Ugh. Which I don't know doesn't bother me that much, but like I said, I'm not a fan of the anime. Ugh, Jesus, it's got my asshole clenched, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm definitely waiting till I can see this shit for free. Or free-ish. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say that I think it's interesting that from what I've read, it's a bigger deal. Uh, people more, are more upset about it over here than they are in Japan. Oh, yeah, they like big Hollywood movies and their shit's getting, you know, some popularity in the States. Uh, yeah, they seem pretty cool about it. They just, uh, J- Japanese, by and large, just seem happy that we're into it. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because it, it really says a lot about not where race relations are at in America, but it's just like our perspective. And also kind of the sense that it's like me, me, me over here. Like America, it's like our problems, our problems. Yeah. We're, we're taking something else. And we, we took something from somebody else and offended ourselves with it. Well, the thing, the big difference is that uh, Japan is the land of the Japanese. They may have like some uh, Korean residents and some foreign foreign mm. people living there, but by and large it is the land of the Japanese, whereas America is literally huge mix of everybody. Yeah. Like so. like I said, we're, we're dealing with the whole united world problem yeah. by merely existing. Yeah. It's a Japanese product that Asian Americans are upset about because... I mean, understandably, because it is getting filtered through the through our Hollywood, and they're, they're I guess they're more upset about the way Hollywood is treating it. Because Hollywood, well, Hollywood is telling us what's going to work, and it's not what we want. So, how is this going to work, Hollywood? You tell me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I said, I think it's going to flop. I think it's people like me are few and far between who are actually interested just because it looks like an interesting film because you have Ghost in the Shell fans who probably aren't going to turn out and then you have everyone else who I think when they look at this trailer they're, gonna, they're just going to be like what is this I don't understand yep. like why Why would I want to go it looks weird mm-hmm. unless they manage to pump out a like action filled trailer which, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll wait and see what my dad says about it. (laughs) He'll probably go see it. It seems like it had pretty cool special effects. Yeah. Ghost in the shell. Yep. But, uh... Yeah, anything else you want to say to the listeners before we uh, call both this episode and the obscure 80s OVA month uh, I don't know put a wrap on it uh, Asian Americans I understand your pain I just don't care <laughs> <laughs> nah I'm just kidding but like I I don't know. Honestly, yeah, I know we're way off topic, but the uh, I think I think whitewashing for me is something that's just gonna slowly, slowly go away, and yeah. we are seeing that s- slowly start to happen faster. So, yeah. 
it does it's not something that worries me or bothers me that much when I see it. It is it's more fascinating to me to see that studios are still so ignorant of what people want that they do it. Yeah. Um, and I guess people have a right to be outraged. But uh, as a film film buff, I'm willing to give most things a chance. It bothers me a bit more, I guess, just because I'm in that camp of uh, being a big fan of the uh, series and the various spinoff properties. Mm-hmm. Like, I would appreciate... I, I, I'd be a lot less bothered if this was like a transplant adaption. Mm-hmm. Like, this, yeah. it wasn't just ScarJo and a handful of other characters. It's This is Ghost of the Shell, where it's more or less the same, but it takes place in America with American equivalents. I could handle that. It would yeah. be an ideal version of what I want, but that would at least make some sense to me. I feel like what they're doing is somewhere in the middle. Which I hate. I'm fine with well, that. Well, I've, I've always expressed a, a dislike of that, more so with uh, game-to-movie adaptions. Like, I'd rather you put a bit more in one direction or the other, but don't do this, like, splitting halfway. Mm-hmm. Because rather than get the largest portion of each audience, you alienate... tend to alienate the largest por- portion of each yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. Which I think is what's going to happen here. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess that's all for now. Thank you for listening and putting up with my congested voice. Yes. And remember, children, there's no justice in this world unless you eat yourself. Yeah. Self-cannibalism is the highest form of evolution. <laughs> So get to work. I'm Mm -hmm. chewing on my thumb as we speak. Mm Mm-hmm.